Welcome to Positive Productivity, episode 174. The Positive Productivity podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton. I am so happy that you are here to join us today, and I am thrilled to introduce our guest, Lisa Winston, an authenticity and confidence coach. After 53 years of drama, including rape, molestation, abuse, illness, divorce, losing her home to wildfire and breast cancer, Lisa left her 36-year music career and a 15-year relationship and went in search of her life's mission. Lisa, wow. Congratulations. <laughs> sounds like a lot, right? Yeah, oh, thank sounds you. so much like a lot. But seriously, congratulations. I don't think that too many people, unless we've been through major life shifts like that, realize how congratulations really are in order sometimes, right? Mm, because I, they yeah. think, oh, I'm sorry. But really, I know it's exact. First of all, Kim, I want to thank you for having me on the show because I love what you're doing. I love you. I adore you. I love the authenticity piece. And and that's why we're here. So thank you for having me. And, you know, I love that you said that because it's funny when you said that I was like, oh, oh, and it's true. I, I Before we started this conversation, we were talking and, you know, I was talking about how most people go through all these horrific life challenges and some are, you know, way worse than what I went through. They were bad, but they're bad for each of us. And a lot of people allow those to, you know, define them and they never, and they just get stuck there. They don't go beyond it. They don't move beyond it. So that's my message. Thank you. It wasn't easy, but I was determined. I'm a stubborn girl. (laughs) Uh, I join you on the stubborn. Mm. Lisa, I just have to share with listeners because, because it's just me. (laughs) Listeners, this is take two because I forgot to turn on the recorder, but I am loving take two already because I didn't think about the congratulations before. I mean, seriously, but let me just give you an example of how stubborn I am. And I think it even played out in my own life. I will sit here with a mouse or a keyboard that is just not cooperating with me and it will take me weeks to think to change the batteries. Mm, But we do the same thing in our whole life. Like there's just something that's not working. So we'll sit there and... Well, as you said, in our pre-chat chat, we were talking about it a little bit, but we settle. We Yes. Whether it's in a relationship or we settle yes. with a mouse or a keyboard that's just not doing it for us. Yes. We settle. Yeah. So I'd love, though, thank you again, and you're welcome for being here. Share more of your journey with us and, and what it looked like for you. Well, I love that whole piece you're talking about settling. You know, I just told you I left a relationship seven months ago because I did a leadership program. And it's like the more work you do on yourself, the more inner work. And I just want to speak into that briefly. And then I'll, if it's okay, I'll go into my, my story. But I think we settle because we're afraid there's nothing more you know, or that's the best we can do, or we're just afraid of change. You know, when we're in our comfort zone, we've already mastered whatever it is that we've mastered or wouldn't be our comfort zone to step outside of that is uncomfortable. Or I don't know if your mom always said, but my mom always said, Hey, if you have a guy that, you know, cooks for you and holds your hand and, you know, and he shows up and he's loyal and faithful, you know, keep him. But it's like, well, that's all well and good, but maybe the relationship isn't serving you in some ways, in many ways, you know, it could be emotionally detached or whatever. So that whole issue of settling is huge. And I would love to, if it comes up again, address that more. Oh, yeah. But, My um, mom actually was more along the lines of marry a doctor or a lawyer or be a doctor oh, or a lawyer, <laughs> right? Because that's all you need. Yeah, right. Like, oh, yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. And we do carry all these things around from our parents. You know, we don't know who we are. I mean, we really developed a, you know, when we're kids, we, we were like sponges. We absorb everything our parents say and teachers and everything else. And then after a while, we just do this stuff. I mean, we grew up as adults and we have no idea who we are or what we think or, <laughs> you know, or anything. So anyway, to go into my journey, you, you mentioned a lot of the stuff already and I don't need to go into all of it, but my life, I suffered in my life terribly. I was fearful all the time. And I just knew I was here for something greater. I had a lot of things happen to me that were very traumatic. And yet there was just this something inside of me, you know, that kept me going, kept me moving forward. It doesn't mean I didn't have days when I was on my face, you know, praying and crying. And thank God I didn't have the, uh, you know, the hit to take myself out because 
there were some pretty low days over the years, you know, but, um, what I loved about the wildfire and the breast cancer was that that was a universal two by four. Oh, I didn't, I didn't share this with you in episode one. Okay. It was like, I was studying Eckhart Tolle's books and I was reading and I was really, you know, trying to get rev up my spirituality and I was doing Qigong and all that. And, um, I remember reading that it's really important for us to die to self before we die, you know, losing our attachments to things and people. And so my prayer was before the fire, help me spirit to die to self before I die. And I lost my house shortly thereafter. And then I got breast cancer. So be careful what you pray for, (laughs) because if you truly want it, you'll truly get it. And yeah, that was the universal two by four. That was the catalyst that really changed my entire life. And I'm really grateful. It was all a gift. I had never heard that die to self. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I also said I was burnt out on my music career too. And then I, all my stuff got burnt. (laughs) I'm a powerful manifester. Yes, you are. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. So with everything that you went through, and I know you're an authenticity and confidence coach, or that's a portion of what you do today. How much was confidence or lack of confidence playing in your life before you had your shift? Oh, it was huge. I had no confidence. I was a victim. I was scared of everything, my own shadow. I didn't think I was worthy of anything. I didn't think I was capable of anything. You know, I went through school and in, you know, I'm almost 60, well, 59. And back then, you know, they didn't have labels for ADD, ADHD, all that. They just thought you were stupid and they would say sit there. So I didn't do very well in math or, you know, biology or any of that stuff. And I felt that I was incapable and stupid. And literally the guidance counselor said, just sit there. So, you know, when I came out into the real world, world, I really felt that I was I was incapable of anything. And so I kept myself very small. And, um, uh, you know, and then my family had this whole idea about, you know, how we had mental illness in our family, depression, anxiety. And so I just thought I was damaged goods, you know, and, and that's just the way I came in and that's the way it was going to be. But, um, yeah, confidence was not part of my being at all until probably after I left, you know, with the fire and the breast cancer, that's when I started really doing the deep work. And that's when everything changed for me. So what does it look like now in your life? Uh, well, I don't know. That's a that's a loaded question, girl. Oh, I know. Please don't ask <laughs> me because I have yeah, no, no idea. I know. <laughs> I've heard some of your stuff. I love it. I love it because you're honest and you're authentic and transparent and vulnerable. And I love that because that's what I'm all about. But um, yeah, I know they, they people expect us when we're doing things in the world, you know, oh, they're perfect. No. Are you kidding me? I mean, the, the deeper work you do, the deeper it goes when you're committed on this journey to greatness and, you know, helping uh, change the world and, ch- and you know, uh, supporting people in transformation and all that. You get tested like you can't get out there and teach it if you're not living it, if you're not, you know, learning it. So life has been two sided for me. And that is, you know, life is this like this wave. We ride the wave. We have our up days. We have our down days. There's really no good or bad. It just is. If we can get present to that, that whatever's happening is okay, because that's what is. But in reality, it was like, you know, my life really consists of some very low lows, you know, lots of clearing. I live with a coach. She's a a dear soul sister of mine. And we support each other through all the changes and, you know, the ups and the downs and the clearing and all that stuff. And then there have been magnificent days for me, more than I can even tell you, where there's incredible amounts of joy and clarity and downloads and information and taking those next steps and that alignment piece. And the more that we do that, you know, the more joy we have. But you got to remember, we're human, you know, 3D. So we can only hold that high vibration of love for a short amount of time. And then, oops, guess what? We're human again. So we come back down, right? And then we get our next piece. So it's this beautiful dance between the yin and yang, between the the what, what people might label the good and bad, which isn't good and bad. It just is the dance of life. And you get to ride it or not, I always say. It's your choice. But it's pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. I'd never thought about it of how it's not good or bad, how it's the the dance of life. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, that's part of mindset too, you know, because we, some, and even me, I teach mindset, but I say things sometimes. I remember when I was doing an interview with uh, Joe Vitale and he was talking about, he had worked with Melissa Etheridge. It was on his music. And he said to me, and you know, he's done books and movies and all kinds of things. And he said, she called him out on self-talk and mindset stuff that he didn't even know he was doing. So we always have that peace 
But as long as we're moving forward and we're always, you know, catching ourselves and you, you got to remember life is life. Mastery is practice. You know, we all come in flying by the seat of our pants. We all want a magic pill. We all think we should be this way, this perfection, this, this, whatever this thing looks like to us. Right. But we're imperfect as humans. You know, our souls may be perfect and we're here to have the experiences and you can't grow without some pain and some experience. And so Again, it's really beautiful, but you get to start practicing your mindset. You get to start looking how life is happening for you, not to you, you know, and then that takes you out of that victim stance. So um, lots of things to work on, some basic pieces that can really shift your ways of being around if you get it. Oh, absolutely. I'm over here laughing, completely unrelated to anything that you said, but seriously, life is not always perfect, but it's yeah. it's to be it's juicy. In our pre-chat chat, Right before I thought I pushed record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the bottle of soy sauce on my desk that I didn't I even know how it got here tipped over. I love it. Well, all of a mean? sudden, just while you were talking, like I started smelling soy sauce. This is completely <laughs> unrelated. Okay, but this is me being authentic. And yeah. I realized, but I had to laugh about it, that I have a huge puddle of soy sauce on my life. Uh, on my desk. Okay, completely on. But I have to laugh because it's just part of this journey. It's not yeah. perfect. I mean, I, I live out of a laundry basket, basket because there are more important things yeah. in my head yeah. for me to be doing. And to be totally honest, the kid whose responsibility that falls on, I would rather that he clean the litter boxes some days. Right. Because it smells better. But, you know, I don't have a problem living out of the laundry basket because it means that I can spend more time with my family enjoying that time. Or, you know, as long as I don't smell when I go out, that's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I love that. Let's just be real. Yeah. And yeah, we have to, enjoy, we, we, get, we get to enjoy life. We get to do what we do. We don't have to do it. So let's get to do what we want to do. And, and what I love about that is that we're all chasing some ideal, you know, of this perfection. And like you said, life is happening. And if you're, you know, I have to say I'm a recovering perfectionist and, you know, I still have days I go there and things I haven't let go of. But it's like if we don't take time to smell the roses, if we don't enjoy the present moment, like you with your kids, you know, it's like they're my mother used to say to me because I was so anal about cleaning everything all the time. And she said, oh, you know, when you die and you go to your grave, what are you going to have on your tombstone? And I was like, well, I had a clean house. You know, well, that's boring. So I decided to have a lot less clean and a lot more, you know, being in the flow and, and enjoying and taking time for myself and smelling the roses. So especially when your kids are young like that, you know, you, they're not going to be young forever. You get to enjoy that. That's a gift. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think I've shared this on the podcast once before, but there was a day when actually it was probably two years ago now when the whole rest of the, the whole rest, meaning four out of the house had the flu mm. and three of us were healthy. And my four-year-old was two at the time and she didn't have it and I didn't have it. And while I was taking care of some of the others, she found a Sharpie. Oh no, no. And on the <laughs> underside of the toilet seat, she had oh, a big smiley face. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> And I know some listeners, especially those who have a much cleaner house than me, are going to be like, ew, but I left it on there for longer than it should have been on there, considering it was a toilet seat and we had the flu going through. But it was just so happy. Like, it. it was just hysterical to be able to go into the bathroom, lift up the toilet seat and see a smiley face. And that's now, what I love. Yeah, I love that about kids. You yeah. Know? Every single wall in my house, except for the walls of my bedroom, I don't know how it happened, are decorated with marker, colored pencil, or crayons. I don't know where they find these things, but they do, and now every single surface is decorated. And my four-year-old will blame it on her little sister, but then we'll find a picture of my husband complete with a goatee. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So we know it's not one of the younger ones. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love it because it's like you have an artist's house, you know, it's a work in progress. And I love that because I'm an artist creative. And, you know, we don't let our kids do that. God, we grow up with such constriction in our lives. Don't do this. Don't do that. And we can't breathe, you know, and then we wonder why we have no flow when we get older. So I love that, you know, let them have at it and enjoy the artwork because, again, it's temporary. Oh, Absolutely. I think you should post pictures. I think you should like put up pictures of what your walls look like so we can all see the artwork. <laughs> well, I have to be completely transparent with you and honest. And this is a perfect episode to come clean on this. 
the reason why I haven't been doing video up until now oh. <laughs> was because I didn't want to be judged on the state of my house. Mm. And, and you get to bust through that people pleasing. Just saying, you know, who cares? Like yeah. nobody gets to judge you in your house. Yeah. Listeners, you are not alone if your house is not impeccable. I mean, yeah. I, I already admitted while I'm recording this, I have a puddle <laughs> of soy sauce on my desk. <laughs> it's making me hungry, actually. Now I'm wanting rice. <laughs> no, I will I, it, not eat off my desk, listeners. No, but I love it because, you know, I told you I had an office last place I lived, you know, really nice looking like I did my summits and everything was all perfect. I was like, oh, people think it looks so, you know, important and impressive. And I'm now in a different place and I'm actually doing this podcast out of my bedroom because it's the best place, the most quiet place for me to do it. I've got my bed in the background and, you know, you saw my little wall hanging back there. And I was like, I don't really care what people think about my space. You know, they don't get to judge me. So you get to do whatever you want to do. And I would love to see your walls. Just saying. Oh, absolutely. Listeners in the show notes, which you can find at thecamsutton.com forward slash PP174. There will be a picture of of the toilet seat, at least. And I will try to take take some pictures of the walls. Uh, No, that's actually what I've had to get over to is stop saying I'll try and I will. Right. Just do it. Right. We'll take some pictures of all yes. the magnificent wall art. Um, maybe we'll even get some more before this episode is released to share. So now you have transformed and you're helping people say yes to everything so that they can grow themselves in up level. Yeah. And that's a whole nother piece because it's like, if you're saying yes to the wrong things, right, there are sacrifices. What are you saying no to? I was just about to ask about that. Yeah. So it's a really interesting, there are a lot of places we can go as far as what I do with people is, is what I do because, you know, we follow people because of their fire, what they've done. And I've pushed through so much. And every time something comes that's hard, I say yes to it. Even if it has me on my face, on my knees, that's why I have mentors and coaches and support and friends. And, you know, I'm always working it because I just want to be, you know, not perfect, but, you know, there's a saying we, we can do, you know, good, better and best. So, What's our next step? You know, where do we get to go next? So, you know, um, yeah, I, uh, that's how I live my life. And because of it, I've gotten stronger, my courage, my grit, my fortitude, my tenacity, my, you know, kick butt. It's like, yeah, I'm a feminine flowy, but I've got this fire inside of me as well. And it's like, I think you had asked me on the last, on the unrecorded episode, (laughs) you know, about how that was showing up for me in my life. And what I wanted to share is that, you know, when we're victims, we're squishy inside. Like we can't stand up in our power. We have trouble saying no to people and we feel uncertain and we're conflicted and we have all these things that go around in our heads, these conversations. And when you start really standing in your power, it doesn't mean that you never have moments of being a victim or feeling like a victim or having those old conversations come back in. But there's this alignment that takes place. And like I went back to see my family just recently and I was like a whole different person and I got a whole different response from my family. I was not treated the way I had been most of my life because I was different. So because I'm doing the work, I have this alignment where I stand in my power. I stand in my truth. I'm unapologetic. I'm unshakable. I'm unstoppable because I, I know me and I'm still a work in progress, right? We're, we're students of life for life. Till the day we're off the planet, but we get better and better and better. And there's this thing that happens. There's this magic that happens when you keep doing the work and you jump all in and you don't let life define you. You know, it's like diamonds are made under pressure and we're all diamonds in the rough. And when you start feeling solid and you don't allow people, you know, I've had people come in cause you know, we were talking about cussing and I've been known to left, let a couple expletives fly on my Facebook lives when I get really, you know, amped up about something. And I've had big people, you know, in the industry and I was like, well, if you talk like that, you know, you're never going to get anywhere and you should stop that. And, and it's like, oh, well you get to be you and I get to be me. And I've blocked a few of them because like, you know, it's not out of anger. It's just, I get to be me and you don't get to tell me who I am. And I get to stand in that. So it's a powerful space, a very powerful space. It's funny that you brought up the cussing because while you were talking about diamonds being created under pressure, I was thinking, and I'll modify this a little bit. Well, then you and I are effing 50 carat diamonds, Ellie. You think? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> we got like a lot of facets and they're really shiny and they're really priceless. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. And it's worth it. You know, it's a journey worth taking. A lot of people don't, I think, 
a long time ago when I thought, thought about getting into spirituality, you, it, there are a lot of concepts that go around, but people are always like, well, if you start that, you know, it's going to be really hard. Well, yeah, sometimes it is, but it's also really like, I know you've had the this, this same experiences I've had where these things happen and you're on your face in awe and gratitude. And you can't even describe the feelings of love and joy that you have in your heart because they're divine. They don't come from you. So I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to miss out on those moments for, for anything. Oh, no, absolutely not. Lisa, you mentioned that. Are you currently a born again Christian or you went through that? Like, I'm just wondering for you anyway, how it aligned with your new walk of spirituality, because I know for me and and sorry, I ask you a question and I just don't even let you finish. (laughs) I I was raised Catholic then Mm -hmm. and it just to say it didn't take it would probably be fair. I mean, I, yeah. I, I understood Christianity, but I really didn't mm-hmm. understand Christianity. And then mm-hmm. I, 30 years went by and I was introduced to the law of attraction. And then within mm-hmm. a year, I was brought back to the Christian faith, which is as strong for me as ever. But law of attraction and mindset are very important to me. And now I, I have to say I found a happy medium with yeah. Joel Osteen, to be completely I love Joel. Oh my gosh. He's like my favorite of all times. (laughs) You know, he's like the best of, of both worlds. And he's the, the person that does the stuff and says the things that, you know, a lot of the other pastors have never done. Not that I haven't heard some good messages, you know, from other pastors, but he just sparks things in people that are amazing. Absolutely. And I actually don't like how people call it the prosperity Bible because I don't, I think that gives it a bad rep. Yeah, it does. Um, Yeah. I think there's so much deeper of a message to be gotten there. Like The Power of I Am was probably one of the most impactful books that I've ever read. I mean, I can ask 100 entrepreneurs what what their most impactful book was. And a lot of them will say, Think and Grow Rich, which Mm. I've read. But it was nowhere up there for me as The Power of I Am because I'd never thought about it before. And And I love that. Yeah. 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 But we have the right to say who we are. I am. And I know that I am is also talking about God. But who are we? I am not a born again Christian again because I was in a congregation. I actually went into a Messianic congregation with my ex-husband. He was Jewish and um, preached the gospel, you know, the Jewishness of the gospel to the Christian churches and all that and did all that stuff and was in ministry for a lot of years. And there was a lot of church abuse that went on where I was, the places that I was. And there was a point in time when I was having trouble with my ex-husband that I almost put a gun to my head because of it. But anyway, um, I almost put a gun to my head one day because of it, because like I said, the community, you know, gathered around me. But it was kind of like when I was in an abusive situation. But the co- the conversation was, you know, you don't leave an abusive situation with a child. Well, it's like, well, you don't stay in one, you know, when it's really bad. So I, en- I end up leaving the church altogether. And I go to non-denominal, d- non-denominational, you know, congregations and churches and gatherings now because I really believe. But I really believe, you know, um, the power of Jesus. And, you know, when I lost my house to fire, there was a lady next door to me that was a born again Christian. She said, well, you don't have a, a relationship with Jesus. That's why your house burned down. And I was livid when she said that. And I said to her, excuse me, but I have an incredible relationship with Jesus and with God. And that's not why my house burned down. So I feel like there's such truth in the Bible. And I believe that we get to not always listen to what other people say we should do, but we get to actually um, go within and have a conversation ourselves about what that truth is, because there's big truth there. So um, I'm kind of enrages me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Me too. Well, (laughs) she's the kind of person that gives Christianity a bad name, you know. Right. I remember, and here's one of the things about growing up Catholic, maybe this is the wrong reason to say that it didn't stick very well, but I remember leaving service with my mom and pulling out of the parking lot and somebody didn't like how the church parking lot was just set up way wrong. And somebody actually flipped her off in the parking lot. It's like, really? You just sat through the same service we did. Yeah. I I remember no messages from any of the services I went to as a child. But how can you walk out of service and go flip off somebody in the church parking lot? How does that make any sense? Yeah, because they're not... They're not walking the inner path walk. They're just, you know, a lot of people go because they think it's the right thing to do or whatever. Um, but that's what I thought, too. I was like, the church is full of a lot of hypocrites. But you know what? We, <laughs> The planet is full of that. We're all imperfect. It doesn't matter where we are, who we are. But yeah, that's disturbing. But they get to be them. <laughs> and we get to move away from that, right? Yeah. And we get to love them anyway. Send yeah. them love. 
And there's actually, a, now that I'm thinking about it, there's a huge parallel that I've seen in the entrepreneurial space. People go to church and they dress up in their Sunday best, you know, yeah. and that's that's who they want to be seen as. And right. entrepreneurs sometimes do it the same way. They'll get on video. Yeah. This is my segue. This is how I need to get started. Yeah. You know, they get on full face and makeup, perfect looking house, but it's not how it is. Or, or even just a perfect looking desk, because <laughs> let's be honest, everything could be just shoved behind the monitor. <laughs> well, you, you should see me. I've done Facebook lives with mask on, you know, the mask challenge, all kinds of things, you know, because it's like, let's get real people. It's so funny because when you call people to authenticity, especially on Facebook, they're so scared of visibility. And there are a lot of people who are like, oh, my gosh, there are people all over the world that are weird and something bad's going to happen. I'm like, get over yourself if you say if you say so. But when you call people to really get authentic and post things, you know, like no makeup challenges and all that, it's like you can hear crickets. So we need to go deeper with authenticity somehow. And that's not my entire message right now. But if you don't know who you are, how can you show up powerfully and change the world if you can't even if you don't know who you are? You know, that's where it all starts. Oh, absolutely. And I've, I've talked about how I go to the daycare to pick up my kids and sweatsuits and my mama here don't care hat. <laughs> but I, wouldn't, I, I haven't shared a picture of that in my ma- no makeup face to Facebook just because I didn't want to be judged. I love okay, that. that's done. I, I, I love that. You're getting all kinds of challenges today. That is so cool. I And I want to say congratulations to you for taking the challenge. You know, because so many of us are scared and it's kind of like it's time for us just to, to let that go. The people pleasing thing doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can't please everybody. Not everybody's going to like you. Everybody's looking through different colored glasses. You get to be you and they get to have their opinions, you know, but you get to be you, period. And if they don't like you, they can go to somebody else's tribe. What does a day in the life of you look like? Is there any regularity? I know that was a complete No, topic. are you kidding? No. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a flowy, empathetic, intuitive, creative. Are you kidding? I, I've been working with coaches for years and, and a lot of the business building stuff I really despise. I do because I want to just fly by the seat of my pants, do what I want, la, la, la. You know, and it's, and it's hard work having to learn structure. There are days that I am really successful at it. There are days I fail miserably. And, um, I continue moving forward because, you know, you get to learn how to build a business. You can have a business that looks any way you want to. I mean, eventually when I went to work with Dr. Martini one time, he was talking about, you know, he, he travels like, you know, 365 days a year and lives on his ship every once in a while. And, and I said to him, I said, so how do you do all the things that you do? And he goes, I don't. He said, I delegate. He said, I have people running my company. He said, I research, teach and travel. That's all I do. Cause that's what I love to do. And that's why I, I, I feel so young. And that really stuck with me. And, you know, at first when you're building a business, you can't always do that because you have to put certain things in place and become visible and all that. But there's a point where you get to do what you love because that's where the impact comes from. That's where the prosperity comes from being in your flow. So, um, it's an imperfect journey and I know it is for everybody. I always say this. It's like Tony Robbins has bad days. Oprah has bad days. Everybody has bad days. Nobody's perfect. doesn't matter what level you're at. In the summer 2015, I was trying to create a whole big online product, mm-hmm. which to be totally honest, I had no passion <laughs> about, but it was along the lines of what I saw everybody else doing. Right. And I was trying to rip off their products, not directly, but create something that was like theirs. And yeah, I did that too with my coach. Yeah. But I even thought this was pre-podcasting, obviously. I even thought that I had to record mm-hmm. each lesson in one take And there was a point where I flubbered like halfway through the video and my husband was sitting behind me and he's like, he sees me have this complete meltdown. Like I'm crying here at my desk. He says, babe, do you think, okay, listeners, my husband doesn't say this to insult people. He says, do you think old girl has a meltdown when she has a, a blooper in the middle of a video? He was actually talking about Amy Porterfield. Please, listeners, don't tell people or don't tell Amy Porterfield (laughs) that my husband referred to her as old girl. And he's like, no, she stops. She probably cusses for a good second. She Mm -hmm. takes a deep breath and then she keeps on going. That's what. Yeah, (laughs) that was a huge aha. I was like, yeah, okay. Well, to be completely honest, that course was about Facebook, yeah. <laughs> which I don't yeah. really care about Facebook. Let's- I don't care about it. I'm so sick of social media. All, but I mean, it's like you, you have to be a part of it to a certain degree, but I just really don't care about it either. I don't. Right. But I was trying to tell people how to set up their page. The next week, 
Facebook redesigned. Like I had finally finished recording all my videos and they redesigned. <laughs> of course. Well, I more than cussed. And I was like, <laughs> the, yeah. the bleep with this product, I'm not doing this anymore. And that was like, that was the beginning of a whole probably six to nine months of what the heck am I doing? You know, what am I trying yeah. to do? And Been it, there. it took nine months to finally realize and in a couple of very insightful messages or uh, conversations with friends to realize I needed to stop chasing what everybody else was doing and the goal and, and the income that they were making and be true yes. to me. Yes, yes, yes. It, yeah, I've always said like uh, it, to people, I mean, we get to have money to run our businesses and live a good life. Absolutely. That's the byproduct of service. But, you know, for me, it's like, do I want a $20 million business? Well, if it would happen, I would get help doing it. But that's not my vision for myself. At my age, I don't see myself like running this big kingdom, you know, because I want to go out and live life and enjoy too. So that's just me personally. But um, that's a really important conversation about you know, and that's, that's, I love that you brought that up because that really is part of the journey, right? We do something one way for a couple of years and then we, then we were like, why is that so heavy? Why does that feel so hard? Why is it not working? And then we go another route because we realize it's, it's a level, a layer of, you know, who we aren't the inauthentic us that's being, I mean, I told you I'm, I'm transitioning now again for like the 40th time in the last five years. And I ran into, um, I was staffing an event for my friend, um, Brian Wetton and his wife in LA. And I ran, I don't know if you've ever heard of the brothers, uh, Corral, they open for pink and Coldplay and yeah. people like that. Well, I had a conversation with them because they perform for us. They're actually clients of Brian and Nicole's and they did a process where, you know, they would they'd go around the room and we had to close our eyes and they were playing a melody and they're like, just let whatever comes out, come out. I've been singing for 40 years and I was terrified, but they tapped on my shoulder and I did it. And they ended up using that for the song that they were writing. And they came up to me afterwards and we had a conversation and they, they were like, we love your voice. And I was blown away because I've really put my music, like I compartmentalized it. It's like, how can I bring music and art, you know, into coaching? Well, that's who I am. And probably the coaching's hard because I haven't been doing my creative stuff. And so spirit really brought a new piece back to me. So that's why that saying yes, peace, when you feel led to go, you know, we're just talking about this where we go to events or we, we meet people, right. That are brought to us. We get to say yes. When we feel that alignment, when we feel that hit, even when we question it, we don't know why we're going where we're going or being called to a certain place. We go there because Every time we do that, we find some nugget that leads us to our next step, our next clue about where it is that we're supposed to go or who we're supposed to become. And um, and it's always a journey, too. I mean, people think that they need to be in one profession forever, but we're always moving and shifting and changing. And the more work we do, as you know, we both do, you, you start becoming more and different and then you move into something else. So it's just this constant, you know, this, the dance. It's riding the wave and it never stops. <laughs> I don't know how many high power coaches I've talked to that had businesses for 10 years, 20 years and got called to three or four different things, stopped their businesses, shut them down and went into the next piece. So that's just a part of the journey. I can't even imagine what my life would be like if I was still doing what I went to college for. Oh, I know. Right. Can you imagine? What did you go to college for? <laughs> this is the hilarious part. I went to school for interior architecture. I went to one of the top art schools oh, wow. in the country. Wow. In my house. You would completely not know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, it's, it's but you were, you're not that anymore. Oh, I, it didn't take me long in the field to realize I wasn't that. Yeah. I, I think that interior architecture is an interior design is absolutely fabulous. Yeah. I love walking into a space mm -hmm. that it's been designed well. Mm -hmm. However, the industry itself seemed very materialistic. Mm. And maybe that should have been a clue way back then that it just <laughs> I am not about materialism at all. But you needed that clearly because I believe everything we do has a purpose and a place. And there's always a time we were talking about that, too. You know, it's like if we dismiss those parts of ourselves that, you know, that the time that we've taken to like I went to school to be an elementary teacher, you know, whatever it is that we've done, it's made us more of who we are. And it's just that one piece of the journey, you know. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Had it not happened like that and my my first husband and I were high school sweethearts, but I, we moved to New York City to be together after college and had our first son and then moved to Ohio and had our second. And had that not happened, then I wouldn't have met my husband and like yeah. just goes on. So I yeah, love that. I, while I greatly dislike the fact that I'm still paying off student loans for a year, <laughs> yeah. I'm not even yeah. in. <laughs> I know. 
you know, everything for a reason, but I'll be Absolutely. paying for these children for a long time too. And they're worth the price. You're darn straight. They are. Yeah. I only had one. I can't imagine having five, but God bless you for that. <laughs> You're raising conscious children. I love that. Lisa, what would you say your why is today? I'm not even going to say, mm. I, I'm not going to take it bigger because I have a feeling that you and I, our whys could change regularly. But right now, what is your why? My why, because, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you've had this experience, you know, there are days that we're tired, we work hard, we work, you know, we do a lot of inner work, it's we're always doing something to get better. And there are days, you know, frankly, I'm not a quitter, but there are days I've felt like, ah, yeah, I just go get a job or, you know, just I'm tired, I want to go sit at the beach and look at the water for a while, you know, and the big why that keeps coming back to me, as a matter of fact, one of my coaches had offered to create a position in her company for me, you know, as being more of a, a, an entrepreneur as opposed to an entrepreneur. And that was a really, that gave me a lot of clarity when that happened. I was grateful for the opportunity or the offer. But what I realized is, is that I haven't gotten exactly to where it is I'm supposed to be next, you know, the bigger piece. Um, I'm moving into some speaking and, and things like that. But it's like, my why is I feel in my soul that I'm here to impact a, a lot of people in a greater way. And how that's going to happen, I don't really know. I'm just trusting the process. But I don't get to quit. I don't go. I don't. I mean, like if I had to get a day job for what any reason, whatever, I don't, there's no judgment there. I would do that. Right. But I will never quit. I will keep moving forward because God put me here on this planet for a reason. And I know that. And I will get to it. That's my why. It's just this burning thing inside of my heart that just doesn't turn off. It just keeps burning brighter and brighter. And I keep going, OK, I see it. I hear it. I feel it. OK. That's my why. I find it interesting that you said if you have to go get a day job, because that's, it's crossed my mind, but I've realized that that is something I can't do because I've, I've thought about it so many times. And as soon as I th think about it, then whatever struggle we're facing around here, not instantly, but very quickly thereafter shifts and turns I love that. around. And I know there is a big difference between cost of living for the two of us. I mean, I'm I'm in Ohio where cost of living is ridiculously inexpensive. We probably pay more for our animals and our kids every month than we do for our house, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But if the if the house is paid and the utilities, I mean, everything's not necessarily okay because there's a lot more that takes making a, an awesome life, in, including communication. But it really doesn't take that much to to take care of that. But again, that that could be a lot more because I am here in Ohio versus California or New York where or any other major metropolitan area where listeners might be tuning in from. Yeah. And I'd love to speak into that, too, because that's one of my stretches. You know, this mindset about like, again, going back to my parents' beliefs and stuff, it was always about, you know, you don't go and get another job till you have another job in place. You don't spend money until you have money, right? This lack concept about, you know, <gasps> constriction, hold on and wait, you know, don't move forward. And my biggest challenge came, you know, it's like when I, you know, I've acquired a lot of debt over the years uh, and sp spent a lot of money on coaching and programs and courses and moving forward and building my business. And there comes a point when everything slows down and you kind of, bottom out, you get to the pit. And this happens with so many coaches, so many people that are in this, you know, this, uh, spiritual work, conscious work, where it's like God says to you, well, okay, you can freak out, you have choices, you can freak out, you can I don't know, try to go get a loan, you can go get a day job. There are lots of things you can do. But what if and this is what my current coach had said to me, you know, early on, what if you just made the commitment to doing whatever it takes, like, you know, when you have no money committing to hiring an assistant, you know, this is what I did, hiring assistant, hiring a coach that was 1500 a month, hire, you know, plus bills, plus, you know, living expenses and building your business. And there was no like, literally, there were no resources. And the funny thing is, is that I said yes to it only because normally I would be freaking out, you know, but I had this alignment. I had this, like, every time I said yes to a commitment, I was like, my mind was going, holy crap, what are you doing? But I had this peace. I had this inner alignment. I, I felt solid. Even when I didn't know how 
you know, or why or where or anything. I just, every decision I made, I, I came from a space of solid alignment. And of course, our heads want to take us in 40 directions. We're not safe. We're not safe. Danger, Will Robinson, you know, and I really feel that we're all being called to a deeper walk. So if we're here to really impact the world in a great way, because there, let's, I want to just put this out there right now. And that is there are a lot of people on the planet right now in the coaching industry that are completely out of integrity. They're out of integrity. They're just men. Yes. Sucking money from people and they're lying to people. Have and I'm you sick ever of it. been asked how much money you had available on a credit card or how many credit cards you had? No. When being interviewed no. or interviewing a coach? No. I've had it happen multiple times. Well, that's not okay. No, it's absolutely <laughs> nobody's okay. business, first of all. Yeah, I do agree. Like, we can challenge ourselves to up level our life personally and professionally. And yeah. it does take a step outside the comfort zone. When I started my business in Huge. 2012, I was uncomfortable. This is embarrassing. I was uncomfortable paying GoDaddy $10 a month for my hosting. Yeah, that but it's was the not the expense I had at that time. Yeah, but it's not it's not embarrassing because, you know, that's where we all start. That's why people go and they buy, you know, a $10 program and a, a $57 program or they get all these freebies, right? And then they have all this stuff sitting on their computer. They have no accountability, no support, no handholding, no nothing. They end up not doing anything and they think that they're saving money. But in reality, they just spent $10,000 on, you know, 55 products that were cheap. That they'll so, never use because they're sitting right. on a hard drive collecting well, virtual yeah. dust. And they're not, you know, it's that shiny object syndrome where, you know, we, we're at it. It's out of desperation. It's like, oh my God, I need this. I need it. And it's like, you're not focusing on one thing. You're in your head. You're in lack. You're in desperation. And see, that's where I love this because I really feel like, again, those of us in this business are being called to be what it is that we're here to teach. Like if we're not living it, we haven't experienced it, then we can't teach it. Like that's, that, that would feel to me like being a fraud, you know? And so I feel like we're being called to be, be tested on a greater level. Again, that, that saying yes and allowing life to refine you and allowing yourself to be stripped naked, completely naked, like not knowing where you're going, where it's coming from, where like not knowing anything like, you know, putting your hands out and surrender and just saying, okay, God, I, I don't know. You're, you're telling me I'm aligned. I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm scared. Like I've never done this before, but I trust you're going to take me there. And then it's one day at a time, one minute at a time. And that's what I think we're being called to. I am being called to that. And it's super uncomfortable, but I'm doing it anyway. I'm doing it anyway. Lisa, last, probably about a year ago at this time, I was, I saw an invitation to apply for a mastermind and it looked like a great opportunity. Uh, The person who promoted it is a mentor that I had been following for quite some time. And I wasn't really familiar with the woman who was running it, but I applied anyway and I ended up having a conversation with her. But at that time, there were so many struggles that were going on in my life financially that I didn't know how I was going to do it. So I actually put out the challenges with her and I said, what would you do? And I was amazed that the response back was, I don't want you to sign up right now. I'm not looking to bankrupt you by having you join this program. Yeah. And I gained so much respect for her off of that. Just knowing that she didn't say, go ask for a loan. It's sort of like when the collections people call and they want yeah. to know if you can make a payment. Or, well, is there anybody who can help you? Yeah. Well, I know it's your job. Thankfully, I haven't had to deal with one of these calls in quite some time, but don't ask me that. If there were people that could help, then I've probably already tapped them for much more than I should have. And then I, right before our call, I'm I'm not going to mention names, but I've already told you, I I was on a call about a new mastermind. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, I want to make sure that whoever joins, it's financially the best decision at this time. Yeah. And there's just so much respect there. If you're a coach, please know, number one, that your product is going to, without a doubt, change the life of the people or person who's entering it. And don't ask them to go get 10 new credit cards and go to family to get loans to join your program because it's just don't. Well, that's what I was taught, you know, by my first coach and I did it. And I've had people do that because they went, they really wanted to work with me. But in reality, we're not in the business of convincing anybody about anything. And in reality, I believe that if we are aligned with our our purpose and our message 
and, you know, and we really resonate with somebody, they really are called to us. That's an attractor factor. It's like, you know, we magnetize people to us. If there's a will, there's a way, right? Right. Well, yeah. And if there, there's a fear factor too. And I get that. Like some people, you know, talk about, you know, it's like they want to change, but when, and they know that they want to do it, you know, I've had that experience with coaching clients that are like, they make a call and they're like, I know that I, I'm, I'm in, I'm all in. You send them a contract and then they get cold feet and they run away because they're afraid of change or terrified. And that happens. But again, you know, there's this piece too, that's timing. There are a lot of people that will come back in a year or two, you know, when they're ready or they've, they've grown more or whatever. So there are a lot of pieces to that puzzle, but yeah, we're not in the business of lying and convincing. And, you know, I I hate the word selling, by the way, it just, it's really enrolling people in their vision, but it's not about selling anything. Ooh, can I borrow that? Enrolling people in their vision. I absolutely love that. It is, you know, enrolling people. I mean, and whatever it is that they're here to do. That's so funny. I was just talking about my coach and she popped up online. <laughs> Her ears must be burning. Oh, absolutely. Lisa, yeah, I have so a few funny. questions about yes. you and your business. Lisa, do you keep a to-do list? I do. How many items do you keep visible to you at any one point? Or is it as many items as are on the to-do list as a whole? Well, let me tell you what I do because I'm a visual. Yes, please. So I get those huge post-it notes that are pink and yellow and blue. And I get my big Sharpies. And what I do is I have various ones. Like I have a huge post-it note up here with all my podcast interviews when they're happening. I also have them in my calendar and I have my assistant do that too. But I have probably one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven or eight big projects coming up. Plus I'm working with two coaches and doing a lot there, but that's overwhelming. So I kind of keep track of what it is I have to do overall. And I have an idea of when that has to happen, you know, on the calendar, but In reality, I can only take on maybe two pieces a day. That's besides, you know, like sending out an email to my list and that kind of stuff. But you can't focus on anything well if you're doing 10 different pieces at one time. And that's the way that I used to fly all the time. And there there are days I still do that, you know, because there's a lot to do. But again, if you you've got to make time for yourself, first of all, I used to work 16 hour days and I was killing myself for what, (laughs) you know? So what I do now is I, I really literally have say two things that I have to really focus on. I get to focus on in a day's time. And then I go through and I make check marks because that's how I do it. That's just the way I do it. Kind of old fashioned, but it works for me. No, thank you. I actually, I try to keep no more than three in front of me at any given point. Yeah. Because, and, and I don't look at the big project. I just look at the tasks. Right. Exactly. Because if I tell myself, I listeners, it's been a month since my websites were hacked as of the time of this Mm -hmm. recording, and I'm not even finished rebuilding one. But I'm not going to put up there on my task list or on my to-do list, rebuildthekimsutton.com. I'm going to put up there, okay, today I need to tackle this page or this post, because it's not just about the pages. It's about getting all the podcast episodes back up. So you use Post-its. Are there any tech tools that you like for keeping track of everything? Boy, I use various things. I just actually uh, got Infusionsoft because I had wanted to do that and it wasn't the timing. But, you know, to automate things and um, now I I guess I probably have to hire somebody to actually run that because they were trying to train me. And, you know, me and technical stuff, I'm like, and I have a VA who could probably do it, too. But so I'm trying to know that's what I do as a paid job, right? Oh, oh, yeah, of course. Well, (laughs) (laughs) When when it's time. Yeah, I'm just doing emails right now. Yeah, you're so funny. Yeah. This was not pre-rehearsed. No, I know. I know. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. That's so cool. That's right. I totally forgot. So you said that. I'm like, yeah, that's right. You do do that. Yeah. Take the I love Confusion that. Soft out of Infusion Soft. Confusion Soft. Yes. It, yeah. It's it's a, an amazing tool, but it, there's a lot to learn. And when you're doing, you know, different, lots of different things, it's hard to do that. So I, I really want to automate. I want to simplify. I get to find ways of working smarter, not harder, which mm-hmm. is what I had been doing for years. But basically, I'm very simple. You know, I still have my Google Calendar and like Visita and my my computer. And, you know, I, I used to have Hootsuite, all kinds of things. And after a while, right, you get so many different platforms. <laughs> you can't even keep track of them anymore. So um, I'm in the process right now. Like I said, I hired an assistant. So I'm in the process of organizing and, you know, making things more simple because I had way too many things before that. Nobody can work efficiently when they have that happening. No, absolutely not. My first proposals that I was sending out when I started the business in 2012 actually told people that I was a phenomenal multitasker and proud of it. (laughs) 
<laughs> Looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't yeah. believe I actually even got hired. Clearly mm. those people didn't realize that multitasking is bad. It is. And and another suggestion too, for people when you're out there, you know, everybody, there's social media and now that, you know, there's Instagram and there's Periscope and there's all this stuff. And for me, when I hear that, I just shut down. I'm like, oh my gosh, one more social media piece. Really? I mean, who has time in a day to do all that? So, you know, it's just a matter of picking, like you said, you know, one, two, three things, maybe, and doing it daily and just focusing, put your, putting your focus there and letting all of it build from that, that space. You can't do it all and you shouldn't have to. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the reminder too. <laughs> yeah. I actually had a mom of twins ask me the other night how, to, how I do everything. And I just told her I don't. Yeah. That's why and I, I love that. my that's laundry honest, baskets. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, that's an honest answer. I love that. Yeah. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us here today. This has been a phenomenal conversation. Just thank you. I can't wait to have you back on the show again in the future. Where can listeners find you online, connect, and get to know more about you? Oh, thank you for asking. Yeah, just go to yesequalssuccess.com, yesequalssuccess.com, and that will have all of my information on that page. Easy as that. Oh, that that is so easy. (laughs) Yeah. Listeners, you can find any of the books that we've talked about, uh, show notes, the transcript at thekimsatin.com forward slash PP174. So what I have for your listeners today is a free gift. It's a toolkit. And I'm actually developing some new ones because I've had these for a while. But my whole deal is, you know, make it simple, get the easy button out, right? And nobody has a ton of time in a day. I know it's all about making time, not having time. But I have a a, a kit that I'd actually love to share because I feel it's very foundational and it's called the Essential Daily Toolkit. It consists of a couple of meditations for grounding and there's one that Spirit gave me years ago. It's called the Love Expansion Meditation and my own clients and myself have experienced profound shifts by actually committing to doing that process every day where the love, you know, ripples out and it comes back in. It really expands your own self-love but divine love. You feel it in your heart at a really amazing, uh, you know, level where you can sit in it. You've never felt like, like love like that before. And I believe that that's foundational to everything that we do. And then I also have my um, ebook, 30 Days to Discovering Your Authentic Self. And um, people are also welcome to, you know, sign up for a, a, a consultation complimentary with me as well. So I like to make it easy. And that is what I'm offering everybody today so they can get really foundational with their journey going back to basics. Oh, awesome. And where can they get that on Yes to Success as well? Or Yes Equals Success as well? <laughs> I will have a link there for you. Yeah. Um, okay. Listeners, we'll put that in the show notes, which again, yeah. you can find at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP174. Lisa, do you have a last piece of parting advice or golden nugget that you can offer to listeners today? Boy, I would love to just say that I know the journey is oftentimes confusing. And in reality, if you remember, number one, there are two things I want to leave with your listeners. And that is that life is always happening for us. It never happens to us. Even when circumstances look like they're bad, you know, we talked about no bad, no good. It's just, it just is. There's always something, a golden nugget that comes from that. You know, it's like sometimes you don't get a job, but thank gosh you didn't get the job because it wasn't the right job in the first place. So life is happening for us always. (laughs) 